the one, the only, the greatest. Did you know what they were hollering when you heard that in Zaire well, back in 74? Well, when I fight, George Coleman in 74, little children, people at the airports, wherever they be on the streets, Ali, Boumaye, Ali, Boumaye. And I found out that means Ali, kill him, Ali, kill Yeah, and you did. They didn't mean, they didn't mean kill him in a physical way. They meant yeah. beat him up. And you did. In fact, uh, let's see, Foreman is now retired. In fact, everybody's retired except you. Who's left? Are you trying to say I'm an old? Uh, no. no, you said that yourself a few minutes ago. But we're all getting old. But who's left to fight? Uh, well, we have my next fight is with Leon Spinks. Uh, they always have a way of building. Somebody's always coming. Then there's a third match, fourth match with Ken Norton. People want to see. They, I had fought him three times. And two times I beat him close decisions. First time he beat me a close decision. And they think if anybody can beat me, those who want me to beat, maybe Norton will do it. So that fight will come off as soon as they get me the proper guarantee. Uh, guarantee. Now, uh, that, 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 uh, that means money, friends. That means $12 million in the bank before I go in the ring. Mm, that's a lot of money. Because too. i got to have $4 million after taxes for such a fight. For at this age, 36 years old, getting up, training for it, all the training preparation, knowing it's a tough fight, it'll probably be the same thing, me winning on a close decision, but it's just too, my life is worth more than money, and it takes too much out of me, so I have to, with the tax taking almost 60 cents out of a dollar, the manager taking a third, expenses taking about four, five hundred thousand for the fight, for me to keep something worth going home with, the way I'm used to living, I need four million clear, and to get four million clear, I got to ask for twelve million. You know, so I read there was an article in Money Magazine that said you're going to clear something like six, not clear, but you're going to bring in your twelve-month earnings for 1977 will be somewhere around sixteen million dollars. Is that a is that figure awful far? Before taxes, that's yeah. all right. Before taxes. Well, that's because being a Muslim, well, the Islamic religion, having the name Muhammad. Uh, the people might not know in this country, but the name Mohammed is the most common name on earth. There are more, 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 more Mohammeds than any other name. So there are one billion Muslims on earth. That's about ten times the population of this whole country. Mm -hmm. And everybody's name is Mohammed, it looks like. So when I took the name Muhammad Ali, accepted the Islamic religion, all of a sudden Morocco started following me, Egypt, Syria, Pakistan, Lebanon, Iran, Turkey, Indonesia, 90% of Africa, and the whole Asian African world. So this is why they can afford to pay me these salaries, because they can sell it back to all those countries where any other American athlete or sport, they don't follow these countries. You know, when you first announced that you were going to become a Muslim, I think most people in America were almost frightened by it, because <laughs> we didn't know anything about the Muslim religion. Uh, to us, it was uh, kind of a sinister thing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the name Islam, I-S-L-A-M, only means peace. Muslim mean one who submits himself entirely to the will of God. And the proper name of the divine supreme being we are taught is Allah, A-L-L-A-H, Allah. And so the people now see in the, the whole world, if you're scared of Muslims, you're scared of Egypt, you're scared of Syria, you're scared of Morocco, Tunisia, Indonesia, Iran, Turkey, Pakistan, Syria, 90% of Africa. You're scared of all of them too, but they're peaceful people. We're not Olympic. We're going to open up the telephones here in a minute, and I know there are going to be a lot of questions about your boxing career, but something happened while the news was on, and I, I want to talk to you about it right away. We mentioned earlier that there are some young people that have uh, come with Muhammad Ali to our show today, and I noticed while the news was on, when you sit and you talk to a young person, you look them right in the eye, but I'm curious as to what you, Muhammad Ali, sees 
in the eyes of a young person that you don't see when you're talking to an adult. You, you yeah. seem to, there's something about you and your relationship to young people well, you that's really special. Well, you sincerity in young people, and they're not hypocritical or they haven't had the time to be what we may call diplomatic and learn how to deceive. You see somebody, if they, 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 they believe what they hear, that's why they're easy if you're wrong, to lead them the wrong way. And they, whatever they say is really from the heart. Take the, the innocent. Take an infant. An infant, a baby, has the expressions of God. I mean, you hear the heavenly melodies in the cry of a baby. When you look at uh, a baby has the riches of God. As everything belongs to God, so does everything belong to the infant. The infant has no desire to own. He owns everything. He grabs everything. So an uh, infant is, uh, can look at a person. This is why in some countries, and mainly in the Middle East, parents are awful careful that they don't allow bad people to come in the presence of an infant because an infant's mind is like a photographic plate. Pick the first thing reflects on it, takes root in it. So you know, the younger person is, the more clean, the more clear they are, the closer they are to God because they haven't had a chance to get out in the world and learn the tricks of the world. Young people seem to learn a lot from you. Do you learn something from them? As you're I don't know how much, I don't claim to be a great teacher of young people, but uh, I learn a lot from all people. I have a lecture entitled The Intoxications of Life. One part of it says there's the intoxication of infancy. Imagine what care, what attention a little bitty baby demands at a time the child still don't know who takes care of it. The child plays with his toys. The child plays with his playmates. The child knows not what's waiting for it in the future. None of us knew the value of our mothers and our fathers until we became old enough to see and realize ourselves. When we observe the condition of youth today, we see the youth is another form of an intoxication. Youth is the time of blossoming. Youth is the fullness of energy. The soul in the springtime of youth never thinks that there will be a passing stage, for at that time the soul is full of intoxication. It's not the fault of the child, it's just the intoxication at that time of life. The man who is drunk on alcohol is not responsible for what he does, neither is the child to blame for being blind in his energy. It's natural. This intoxication resumes and follows us all through life, only there's a change of wine. The wine of infancy is different from the wine of youth. The wine of youth is different from the wine of childhood, and according to the walk of life which a man follows, he absorbs the wine which governs his life, either be the collecting of wealth, the possession of property, the gaining of fame, or the rising of position, which he may think ideal of all these objects, only have an intoxicating effect on man, because after attaining an object, he's still never satisfied. Now, your question, when I see youth, I see that youth is a time of blossoming, uh, they're full of energy, and they uh, make many mistakes. And they're learning. And you, right now, if you live to be 100 years old, you're young compared to 100, and you're still learning. And I heard something once that says, if all the oceans and lakes and rivers were ink, it would dry out before it could write the knowledge that God's got for man. So a lifetime is not sufficient to learn how to live in this world. And so when I see youth, I see somebody learning. It makes you think of yourself, and you really you wonder what they're going to turn out to be because it's going to either be good or bad. Muhammad Ali, spending some time with us on the Roy Leonard Show today. Yeah, I'm going to let you talk to him, too, and ask a question or two, and maybe share a little bit of philosophy. We just talked a little bit about young people. One of the things that Muhammad Ali is going to do for a special group of young people here in Chicago, for the Children's Institute over on West Belmont, he's going to have an exhibition match with Scott Ledoux at the Auditorium Theater, and it's going to be one week from tonight. 
That's next Friday, December the 2nd. And we're going to fight. We're not going to play. We're going to fight. We will be serious. So get your tickets. I don't like him and he don't like me. Five rounds, I got a chance to knock him out. By the way, he said uh, I, I, what, you were talking with Johnny Morris and Scott on the Channel 2 News the other night. And I'm trying to remember, he, you said that if he knocked you out, You'd add something to the purse, or you're going to give him something if he knocks yeah, you out? Yeah, I've got $50,000 to donate to the children if he knocked me out. Yeah, but you he never... called me a name. Yeah, no, a bad name? Well, something is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> rhymes with Trigger. <laughs> okay. Uh, 50000 I'll huh? get him. Nobody can call me Trigger and get away with it. <laughs> we got to take a break for these messages, and then we're going to come right back. Larry, you're on the Roy Leonard Show, and say good morning to the champ. Morning, champ. How you doing? Did you say tramp? Champ. Oh, I thought you said tramp. No way. Been a big fan too long, Ali. Thank you. Listen, I saw the Norton and Young fight, and uh, as far as I uh, know, there's really no precedent for them saying you got to fight Norton in a short amount of time. Is that true? Somebody said it, but it don't mean nothing, though. Because I there's know. no precedent for taking away the champ's title under that. No, I just fought Schaefer's a couple months ago, the hardest hit in boxing, top contender. So about right, we have one year to uh, fight. Uh, top contender, so I have another year yet, but we're fighting Leon Speaks next. Uh, there's a boxing association uh, which is much more powerful than the one who uh, said they would do that, and he told me that uh, they'll pay no attention. I'm still the champion. I fight who I want as long as he's in the top ten. So that Suleiman, whoever this guy was that made that statement, it didn't really mean nothing. He's just probably wanting some publicity. Okay, Larry? Okay, I got kind of a bad connection. I just wanted to say uh, I'm going to be real proud to say that I live during Ali's greatest time. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Okay, Larry. Thanks for calling. Judy, did you have a question for Muhammad Ali? Yes, I just wanted to say Judy. hello first because we are both yeah. from the same part of the West in Louisville. Well, hello, Judy. There's another Judy sitting in here, too. I thought there was her. One <laughs> question. <laughs> no, I've always felt that I've been one up on my friends because uh, being from the same part of Louisville that we are. And uh, I worked at a drugstore that you used to patronize when you were in Golden Gloves. And every Saturday night, we faithfully watched the fights. So, but now my family here, we're living in Chicago, right outside of Chicago, but we're such faithful followers. Judy? Yes. Say hello to Judy. <laughs> Hello, Judy. Hello, Judy. You're so lucky to be there. You know, I'm sitting here. I, I know that you people want to ask questions of the champ and get some answers. He wants to, I told him if he behaves himself for the first hour, I'll let him interview some of the people in the studio in the second hour. Oh. We'll put him to the test, all right? Well, my question is that every fight we watch on TV, and you always win naturally, and we're so excited, and we're cheering, and then I always end the fight by saying, and he's still pretty. Thank you so much. <laughs> you my best fan. Okay. You all right. Thank you. Thanks, Judy. It's nice talking to you. Thank you. Bye now. Champ, who first said to you, he's pretty? Who first said that to you? No, no. I got that from Gorgeous George, the wrestler. He used to always come to town talking about how pretty he is. And I'll kill the bomb. I'll kill him. And people come to see him get beat up. And I saw all those people come to see him get beat. I said, this is a good idea. So I started talking. But I'm not pretty. Did I'm not. Who, women are pretty. I'm handsome. <laughs> Let's get back to the telephones. Want to put that little ear thing up there? And Martin, did you have a question yes, for sir. for Ali? Got a terrific show. Thank you. Sir. And I'd like to talk to the greatest man on earth. I mean, no, it. just the greatest fighter, not the greatest well, man. Well, you're a great humanitarian, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Well, also, I'll take the claim as been the greatest fighter, not the greatest man. I just want to no, get that on. No, I right. meant that you're a great humanitarian. 
Well, I, I say that? I try, but okay, I don't brag sir. about it. And uh, I'm glad that I also live to, to be able to talk to you, and I've seen a lot of champs in my days. God bless you. Yeah, and I, I happen to be the same age as Joe Lewis, and I've seen a lot of fighters, and I'm a great admirer of you, and also Joe Lewis, and I would like to know how he's feeling. Joe, I think, is in recuperate real good. He had a heart attack, and he's resting. I haven't heard nothing since last I heard was he's going to be all right. I, ha I also had a heart attack, and I wish him the best. Okay. Martin, thanks for calling. And uh, it's a pleasure talking to you, champ. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Martin. And Jim, did you have a question? Yeah. Uh, actually, my son Jimmy wanted to talk to Muhammad Ali. Is Jimmy there? Yeah. Well, put him on. Okay. His son Jimmy wants to talk to you. Hello? Hello, Jimmy. He's putting you on, Jimmy. <laughs> How are you doing, Jimmy? Fine. How old are you? Ten. Oh, do you know who you're talking to? Yeah. What's my name? Muhammad Ali. No, this is me here. That wasn't me. That was a girl. <laughs> How you doing? Fine. Nice talking to you. You a good boy? Yeah. What are you going to be when you get big? I don't know. Be a baseball player, maybe. Good. Do you do you have a question? I'm uh, I'm doing the interview, and you're supposed to ask me questions. Do you have a question? Mm hmm What's your question? Um, how much money do you usually earn in a game? How much money do I usually earn in a game? Well, on the average, uh, after taxes, uh, it might be sixty thousand dollars a second. That's with the way they add it up, but probably. Uh, I'm very lucky, and the average bout, if I can go home with about a million dollars after everything. That's something to look forward to, isn't it, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, do you watch television on Saturday mornings? Mm-hmm. Do you watch, uh, the Muhammad Ali? Do you watch The Greatest? Um, I don't have time to. I have to go to CCD. Well, well yeah. Look, you've, uh, a couple more weeks, they might be off. I have a cartoon every Saturday morning at 9.30 on Channel 2. You watch my cartoon. Okay. <laughs> right. Jimmy, thanks for taking the time to call. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Of course, if he has to go to his Christian doctrine classes on Saturday morning, maybe he'll get the repeats. Uh, Muhammad Ali is on the Roy Leonard Show today. I really got, I got to tell everybody what's going on, because Muhammad Ali walked into the studio about five minutes to ten, but people, the door hasn't stopped opening since you walked in here. Now you've got another guest that you're bringing to the Roy Leonard Show. Yeah, this is a pretty little Isn't girl. Isn't she cute? What is your name? Dana. Dana. Dana? How old are you, Dana? Six. Can I be your boyfriend? <laughs> She's shaking her head no. <laughs> you got a big kiss anyway. I tell you, uh, I mentioned before about how this guy's eyes light up, and the kids do the same thing. There is something about a pretty little lady who just got a kiss from the heavyweight champion of she's the world. She's six years old. And she's still innocent. <laughs> Six more years, she won't be revoked. <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad Ali is our guest today on the Roy Leonard Show. And by the way, will you put that date down now, December the 2nd, because for the Children's Institute, uh, Ali is going to uh, do an exhibition with Scott Ledoux at the Auditorium Theater. You can be there. In fact, you should be there one week from tonight because it's a benefit for the Children's Institute on West Belmont. Tickets are $100, $40, $20. And uh, I'm going to give you a phone number that you can call this morning to get your tickets. Will you do that? Three four six two seven two seven. Now that's the number you call to get your tickets for the exhibition a week from tonight. Three four six two seven two seven. Champ, you were telling me that uh, you and Scott are going to really go at it in this exhibition. In fact, uh, you'd like to knock him out. He'd like now to. I'm going to tell out. you how the fight will sound. Oh, we can do the whole thing for, for we'll those of you who won't be able to see it. Can you do it like Howard does it? Ali comes out to meet Ledoux, but Ledoux starts to retreat. If he goes back an inch farther, 
he'll wind up in a ringside seat. Ali swings with the left. Ali swings with the right. Look at Ali carry the fight. Ladue keeps backing, but there's not enough room. It's a matter of time. There Ali lowers the boom. Now Ali lands with the right. What a beautiful swing, and the punch lifts Ladue clean out of the ring. Ladue is still rising, but the ref wears a frown, for he can't start counting till Ladue comes down. Now Ladue disappears from view. The crowd is getting frantic, but our radar stations have picked him up. He is somewhere over the Atlantic. Who would have dreamed when they came to the fight that they witnessed the launching of a white satellite? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's super. Some applause. The crowd, <laughs> the crowd did not dream when they came to the fight that they witnessed the launching of a Ladue satellite. You know, I just read somewhere that you were going to record uh, that very famous story of Peter and the Wolf. Is that true? You're Peter and the Wolf, yeah. We have a big English company wants me to do it. We'll negotiate be, with them now. That would be super, yeah. Get a big symphony orchestra up there yeah, behind Yeah, they're going to do all that. Listen, we got to take a break for these commercials, and I know you're Why right. do you do so many commercials, man? Because it, a lot of people listen, and if we didn't have commercials, neither of us would be here. That's yeah. why. Mike, thanks for waiting. Did you have a question for the champ? I sure did. Um, first, I'd like to say that uh, I'm really in awe at the way uh, you managed to reach people. And, uh, Thank you. I'd like to, you know, I just thought I'd say that. Thank you. And uh, the question is, um, the games you play in the ring with your opponents, the faces and the, you know, rope-a-dope and all that, do you have that all planned out ahead of time, or does that sort of come up as the uh, situation calls for it? I make plans on what I'm going to do. Uh, sometimes this might work. Sometimes it don't work. Uh, calling the fighters various names like Liston the Bear, Floyd Patterson the Rabbit, and Foreman the Mummy, Frazier the Gorilla, Schaefer the Acorn. Sometimes it affects them, makes them angry. When they get angry, you can control them easily. They lose the cool. And the faces and things is just salesmanship, is just publicity. This is why they pay me higher than any athlete in the history of the world. And this is why I draw so many people is because of the imagination. I wrote something once. It says, the man who has no imagination stands on the earth. He has no wings, he cannot fly. I repeat, the man who has no imagination stands on the earth. He has no wings, he cannot fly. Columbus had imagination. Did the you write brothers? Had I've, uh, I read that. I read the book. I read. Yeah. So this is, this what makes this is why I do that. It's just publicity. Did so you know ahead of time that you were going to rub the acorn's head? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I planned to rub it more, but uh, <laughs> it was rougher than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Okay, Mike. Okay, uh, champ. Yeah. Sometime I'd like to have you come to dinner if you could. My mom's a good cook, and uh, anytime you're anytime you're welcome. You're where you live. Uh, Bartlett. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I, this is the sort of guy, you know, that just might show up some night, Mike. Yeah, I, and I you tell all your neighbors, I'd, guess who's coming to dinner? <laughs> no, I'd, you know, I'd show you a good time, champ. No problem. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Mary Lou, say good morning to Muhammad Ali. Good morning, champ. How are you? Fine, darling. Very good. I have a kind of a silly question, I guess it would be. I'm I see silly a lot too. of these different athletes on TV either doing endorsements or starring in motion pictures. And I was wondering if someday you would be doing the same, either starring in like a character role or, or advertising for Mr. Clark. Yes, I'm doing, I'm doing a TV series now called Freedom Road. It's, we started in six months. It's a six-hour movie. It'll be a three-part series on TV, two hours a day. It's about this black man who came up from, in 1850, it took place, I think, from slavery, won a seat in the Senate. And I'm playing this character, and uh, NBC is going to promote this. 
Good. And we're going to start filming in, in Los Angeles in about six more months. But it's going to be a six-hour movie about this black man in slavery. How he comes up to Winter House and Senate. And I'm going to start that. And I might be doing, I'm, I was talking to Beretta the other day. I might do a two-part series on Beretta. I'm not sure yet, but uh, I can find the right scripts. It's not embarrassing. It's not against my religious beliefs. It's not leading people the wrong way. If it's clean, I'll do it. So I'm looking into some of that. Okay, Mary Lou? I think that's great. I think it's... By the way, did you see his movie, The Greatest? Yes, I did, in fact. And I, I think for a lot of us who had never seen him act before, I think uh, I think we were kind of impressed. The movie wasn't considered a big success, but my acting was. And that's what mainly I'm happy about. The did movie didn't, didn't do that good. Did you take much direction or did you... Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. They just let me do what I want to do, and it was natural, they say, and they yeah. didn't want me to take direction. All right. That's I interesting. Would you would ever be able to do a Western. I'd love to see you on a horse. <laughs> well, I can ride a horse, but I don't think I would do a Western because when the West actually, oh, when these things took place, we didn't have, we, I, I don't know, maybe oh, yeah. we, black we, had some black, we had some black cowboys, I don't know. Oh, Did you see Blazing yeah, Saddles? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, uh, I might one day look into it, but I'm not, I'm not too much into movies. I like real-life drama. Movies is just acting. I like the real thing. Actually, uh, you know, the thing that disappointed those who enjoyed The Greatest was that it did not become more of a successful motion picture. Would you consider the fact that maybe your real-life story is more exciting than what they could put on the screen. Well, my real-life story couldn't be put on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> None of our real-life stories we want on the screen, I'm very sure. <laughs> Mary Lou, thank you for the call. Not the real truth. Not the real truth. Bye-bye, Mary Lou. Give me... You know, it's uh, 12 minutes before 11. Muhammad Ali is sitting with us here in the Roy Leonard Show. And I, I had hoped that maybe in this two-hour period that we're going to spend together today that we will discover something about this man that we hadn't known before. Uh, so far, I get an inkling of some things that I hadn't known before. But we still got time to find out. We'll take some more calls. Hey, you got your big brogans on this morning. Does that mean you're in training? Yes, I'm in training. I wear these because they're heavy. And when you take them off, uh, you're a real light. And I'm getting ready for this Ledoux exhibition. I'm not going to be in fight shape, but I'll be in enough shape to do a good five rounds. And then I'm getting rid of the Sphinx fight also. It's getting cold and bad out here, man. I'm going to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Miami soon. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it is a little chilly in Chicago. But that's why we're going to warm things up one week from tonight for the Children's Institute. This is the benefit. Now, oh, by the way, I found out something. And let me take, just take a break to mention this because, you know, that beautiful uh, white mother of pearl 1971 Toronado that... Uh, people perhaps have seen around. In fact, if they saw the movie, if they saw The Greatest, they saw that would. Well, uh, we were talking to the people at the King's Speed Shop in Lansing, and uh, they come up with, I think, a pretty good deal. They are going to give to the person who pledges the largest amount to this benefit, they are going to give them two seats to watch the exhibition next Friday night with Scott Ledoux. They're going to have a chauffeur-driven ride to the Auditorium Theater in this beautiful car of yours, and then they're going to have dinner with you the following day. And they can come back to my dressing room, man, this in it. They can come back to my dressing room and sit and talk with me and see what I go through just before I go out and be back in the dressing room after that, and then okay. we'll spend a little time together after I knock this chump out. All right. All right, but here's what... The, now, that that's going to happen... 
That's going to happen. to. But the it's going to cost them. Yeah, oh, yeah, because it's either an individual or a business or somebody who's got a lot of dough who wants to pledge the largest amount to this Children's Institute benefit. Now, I'm going to give you the number down at uh, the King Speed Shop. Well, give them time to get the pencils now. All of you all now, pull over in your car and... And run out in the living room and get your pencils. All right, because you're going to have to call this number to make the pledge. 474-6565. Now, this is for the heavy rollers. 474-6565. Let me say it slow. All right. 474-6565. That's right. easy. 6565. That's good. All right. So you, get, you spent some time before and after the exhibition with the champ. You get a chauffeur-driven ride in that beautiful mother-of-pearl car, and then and you're going to have dinner with him the following day. And but. the pretty, if it's a man, I want you to meet the prettiest girl in the world. <laughs> that'll make him get it. <laughs> call that number, guys. In fact, you can call our number and talk to Muhammad Ali right after we take this break. Now, I understand what you said a minute ago. If, uh, if, a, guy, uh, if a guy should decide to donate the largest amount of money and win this special thing, you said, you know, you'd have somebody pretty for him to meet. I mean, what if a lady decides to uh, donate? She'd meet me. Oh, all right. You're going to meet a lady right now, champ. Mary, did you have a question for the champ? Oh, hi. Yeah, hi, Roy. Hi, Mohammed. Well, how are you? Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you, too. <laughs> Hope my wife don't hear you. <laughs> Listen, I really do. And, and I, you know something? I would never watch a fight unless you were doing it. Because Ain't I you hate, nice. I Thank just you. absolutely hate boxing. I love to hear that because this is the image I try to portray is the type that draw people who don't follow boxing, which makes an extraordinary crowd. And I'm glad to hear you say that. I got a question for you, Mohammed. Now, I don't know if this is true or not. But you know what I see in you that maybe others don't? Please don't tell everybody that. Because <laughs> you've messed my whole thing up. All right, now, can I tell Please don't tell them. What is it? I see, <clears throat> I see a certain shyness in you. And I wonder if I'm not right. If you're a lot right, of this that right. you put on is just what that is, is a put on. And basically, oh, you're a very shy, humble I'm person. A, I'm a good actor, and you're telling the truth. Uh, I don't know about how humble I am, but I am shy. I mainly think so. When, I see mainly, that in your mind. Mainly when I'm, when I'm out on an airplane, on a nightclub, or at a party, and I see a real pretty <laughs> lady, and I just don't know how to say hello. But then I do. I, I see that in you, and I see a humility in you, too. Well, you know, it's interesting that you bring this uh, up, Mary. There's a Wilfred Sheed is a fine English writer, and he there have been a lot of books written about this guy, but I think Wilfred wrote one of the best ones, I think, anyway. That big picture book? Yeah, right, right. That was, no, that was the worst. You thought it was the worst? That's what We're going to have our first fight. Anyway, no, but Wilfred said, no, he said in the book, he said, he is a humble man. Uh, I can see it, Quote, right. unquote. I'm uh, interested that you didn't like that one. No, is it be, well, he never came to any conclusions. He just offered... A lot of things in that book about the religion, about a lot of things. I didn't read it. My manager read it, and he told me it was the worst, the good, best pictures ever put out. The worst book ever written. So many. Of them. Now he may have said a few good things, like with the quote you just mentioned, but basically it's a terrible book. Yeah, but you know what, Roy and Muhammad, humility being the greatest of all virtues next to charity. People don't go around saying they're humble, but when other people say it of you, well, then it must be true. You saw something, Mary, and Wilfred saw something, and it's very obvious here in the studio. He doesn't have to say it. I know. And another thing too, Muhammad, you are terribly, terribly handsome. Oh, honey, please. <laughs> you never get that beautiful face of yours. <laughs> Thank you. I sure got like to give you a big hug. You my number one. You my number one. Hey, you know, I th hey, Mary, he's blushing. <laughs> it's hard to tell, but he's blushing. Oh, please. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Mary. <laughs> bye, bye bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hey, you got to be careful. You know what happened to you in Detroit last week. Uh, be a little careful. Detroit what? No, in People magazine it says that you were campaigning uh, for Mayor Coleman Young, and this <clears throat> male admirer rushed up and threw his arms around you. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, but be careful, man. <laughs> Who said he wasn't an actor? Muhammad Ali joins us on the Roy Leonard Show today. And next Friday night, one week from tonight, Scott Ledoux and the champ are going to go at it. loose. Yeah, yeah, and for 100 bucks or 40 bucks or him. 20 he bucks. call me or trigger. <laughs> I'll be there. And get your tickets by calling 346-2727. And call right now. We're going to take a break for the news and find out what's going on in the world. Muhammad Ali will stay with us for another hour. Another hour? Sure, you can stay another hour. Want a cup of tea or coffee or something here? A little orange juice or, you know, you might. Do you, oh, are you afraid you're going to run out of something to say? Oh, all right. Do relax. We got time. This is all happening on WGN in Chicago on the Roy Leonard Show. One week from tonight, Muhammad Ali, heavyweight champion of the world, will box a four or five round exhibition with Scott Ledoux at the Auditorium Theater, and it'll be for the Children's Institute over at 620 West Belmont. In fact, the champ is here to talk about that and other things today. If you want to get tickets, call 346 2727. Uh, somebody, we mentioned that uh, Muhammad Ali was going to be a guest on our show and he was going to come in for two hours. And somebody said, gee, why does he do this sort of thing? Of, of all of the superstars, if you will, whether it's in the world of sport or movies or records or showbiz, of all I think that have ever reached this category that we call superstardom, you are probably the most accessible. Uh, now, a lady called me the other day and said you were downtown. She saw you in Water Tower Place. You were doing some shopping. And you were talking to the people around you. And you, Well, you, that's one of my weaknesses. Uh, people are surprised. Why do you live on the south side of Chicago, three blocks from the ghetto? Uh, you go to Hollywood, you go to Beverly Hills, you find Robert Ruffin, and Paul Newman, and Beretta, and all the movie stars, and Donald Ross, and Stephen Wonder, and all the big shots. And and I don't know why. I just never. I went. I've been up telling you last week. I was in LA. I just don't. It's just too plastic and too phony. The people. Uh, got to take a road map to find the houses, and then when you see them, they, hello, how you doing? I'm a spiritual man. I believe that with God, there are no black people, no white people, no yellow people, no red people, no Catholic, no Jews, Muslims, and Baptists. We're all humans, and we put the title on it, and we are prejudiced. But God's going to judge us off our deeds and how we treat people. And just because you make a little money and get world famous and you got to go to Hollywood and get way back on the mountain where can't nobody find you, I don't like that. I'd be the saddest man in the world. i got to live right out on the streets. i got to be with everyday people, bus drivers and cab drivers and the wine heads and the, and the dope addicts, and we have a good time every day. You uh, have patience, though, which is a, um, a marvelous attribute. Uh, I've, I mean, I've watched you sign autograph after autograph. I've never seen you say, no, I don't have time. Well, I heard something once that says, service to others is the rent we pay for our room in heaven. Service to others is the rent we pay for our room in heaven. So you got to watch how you treat people. It's easy for me to become, in, see, I have a lecture called the intoxication of life, I told you. Mm. One part of it says that some people get intoxicated with alcohol, some get intoxicated with wine, some intoxicated with the wealth. So much so until they no longer see the condition of the people around them. Some intoxicated with their fame and their greatness, and the result is they're continually looking down on those who look up to them. So I believe in a God. I believe you're going to be judged. I believe there's a heaven, as a hell. I don't think that 
God made this world and all these sun, moon, stars just got it by mistake. I think he can keep a record on how we live. And we have 80 or 90 years on earth at the most. And then after we die, that's eternity in heaven or eternity in hell. I don't have but 80 or 90 years to live right and do the right thing. I asked a man once, a man was telling me how long eternity was. He said, imagine the Sahara Desert and all the beaches, all the sands and beaches in Florida, California, Chicago, all the beaches. Imagine all the sand on earth. And you had to move it, take all the sand off the earth at a grain at a time and wait a thousand years between each grain. Wait a thousand years, move a grain. That's how long you burn in hell. That's too long. So this is why I curve myself like I do and I'm so easy to get to because I can't act no better proud of nobody else because there's a God watching me and he's going to ask me that day when we go to be judged. Why did you act the way you did? Wouldn't go to Roy's little TV show just because he was a little local unknown. He wouldn't go to his show. Or why did you treat those people like that because of their race, creed, or color? Just because you was a world champion, you had a Rolls Royce and made some money, you walked around looking down on those people when you know in fact it was I who sustained you I'm the one who kept you alive who carried you through the air and rainstorms and airplanes why did you walk around so proud get in the fire and burn forever yeah. that's scary man you know that's scary you so, know that uh, humbles you you think about that if if I hadn't have known that you had not been around for a shorter time I would have said that they got the idea for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from watching Muhammad Ali you, you're not as dumb as you look <laughs> let's get back to the telephones I've heard that one before too yeah, let's get old. <laughs> I want to put up that little earphone to your ear. Muhammad Ali, say good morning to Ira. This is Ina, and it's Shalom Aleichem. Ina, walaikum asalam. Now, I have a question for you. Most of your fans, and we are some of your biggest, were much happier in the old days when you used to knock a guy out in the fifth round or the sixth round. Yeah, and I lately, too. I was too, <laughs> but I can't do it no more. Yeah, I well, that's part of my question. Now we have to wait for a decision, and sometimes it looks touch and go because you spend three or four rounds playing around right. in the ring, and then you Scary. start... And then you start getting nervous and you come down to business. My manager, her mommy gets ulcers and heart attack. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I do too. You know, and I never met well, a doctor. Let me tell you something, lady. I'm telling you something. You're right. But the average heavyweight champion retired at 32. And the 45 heavyweight champions in the history of boxing, 32 was considered old. I'm 36. And let me tell you, the fellas I'm fighting there happen to be rougher than the ones I fought when you saw me get him in five rounds and two rounds. The fellas now rougher. Ernie Schaefer yeah, was, was the cool. hardest hitter in boxing. Uh, uh, George Fullman was the hardest hitter in boxing. Ken Norton is so awkward. Jimmy Young is one of the fastest. It's a shame, but I'm fighting better people now than I did when I was 24. Now I'm 35. So th I'm doing good to even go the distance and to win the decision. But I just can't knock them out. If I could, I would. Can't do no better. Is it too late, by the way? I couldn't, uh, couldn't like you remember Franco Colombo? You, you, know right you. you know Franco Colombo oh, yeah. or, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. The, uh, now, yeah. couldn't I mean? Here are, are great guys who know how to develop muscles. Couldn't couldn't they spend uh, uh, four weeks with you or six couldn't months with you and give you muscles? Don't mean it in boxing. Yeah. It's buck muscles make it slow and tight. Boxers like Sugar Ray Robinson, Sandy Sadler, Willie Pimp, yeah. Skinny Man, real fast. You can't, yeah. you muscles don't mean nothing. But, but the knockout punch, the power you to... You don't knock out they everybody. There ain't no such thing as a knockout punch. Sometimes you might knock a fellow out, some don't be knocked out. George Foreman didn't knock everybody out. Jerry Schaefer didn't knock everybody mm -hmm. out. Joe Lewis didn't. If there's such thing as a knockout punch, that means every time you get that punch in, you knock them out. <laughs> you don't knock people out every time you want to. See, I've been so great in boxing in my younger days. I was so good and accurate and fast and precision until people are spoiled. If I don't do what I did then, they feel bad. 
And let me tell you something, lady. When I'm 55 years old, I won't be as good as that in the day. Would you be surprised? <laughs> and I'm if like, I live to be 90, I might not even go one round. Would you be surprised <laughs> if I can't go one round when I'm 90? Uh-huh. I'm not the same Ali you saw knocking them out in two and three rounds. Well, Muhammad, if, it, if it's so much harder to train now, and I know it is. But the price is ten times bigger. Yeah, then they talk about 12 million a night. Yeah, no, I, I can dig the part. Okay, my husband doesn't make $60,000 a second, okay, except in my eyes. And I know what that money means, but I also know what it means to quit at your peak and have people think of you as the greatest. Well, I know that, too. I know it's just money. Do you think that all the master and the genius I've exhibited, do you really believe that you are wiser than me on who I am and what I should do. I know my managers, my people, my lawyers, my advisors, strategy planners, we know it's very important that I be the first black champion to retire with a title, well-invested, undefeated, still pretty, still intelligent, still got a good mind. We know that. We are thinking very careful before we take it in real risk. We know what we're doing. We plan one more fight, and that's what Leon Spinks, maybe another one, and then we're going to get out, but we're going to be awful careful on how we pick them and how we take them. We know just what we're doing. This means a whole lot, Mom. Man will plague me for the rest of my life if I don't take advice of people and quit and end up losing mm. after all I've done. I know that. Don't worry about it. We're well, we're plan scared. It. You know, it's there's millions of us who adore you and love you, and I we don't want to see you go don't, down. Don't be scared because uh, I, the same man and the same people, the great Herbert Muhammad, my great manager, and all of us who've carried me up until now, we have enough sense to go at least another six months and be careful. Okay, Anna? All right. Thanks for taking the time to call. Thank you. And we wish him well, don't Don't we? we? (laughs) You know it. (laughs) I got a question for the champ here. We've been talking about uh, being humble, uh, being accessible, uh, enjoying conversation, Ali, with with everyday people. But in your position, you have come to know some of the world's great people. Is there anybody that, that you've ever almost been a little uncomfortable in their presence? Or is there someone, perhaps, that you felt in awe? Of. Is there anybody else that... Well, to really be excited, uh, when I met the Queen of England at the White House, mm-hmm. first, it was when I first met uh, the President, uh, President um, Ford, mm-hmm. and then when I met uh, uh, the Queen of England, I was really excited, mm-hmm. and Nas of Egypt, when I met him. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Wayne, I watched him so much <laughs> really? as a kid, way before I even thought about being on television. Yeah. I was watching John Wayne movies. And a few months ago, I just met him. I felt like a little kid, just meeting a big celebrity. I guess uh, now you know how young people feel around you. The same thing that you had right. for, uh, for yes. John Wayne. This, this is why I take so much time with him and have so much fun with him. Slap but him and pull the hair and they'll tell everybody, Mermit, I'll pull my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take some time I to talk to some him. of the people uh, who have called in today on the Roy Leonard Show for a chance to talk with Muhammad Ali. If you put that little earphone up to your ear, I think there's a fellow named Mike who has a question for you, Muhammad. I'd like to say it's a real pleasure to talk to Muhammad Ali because uh, I've been a fan of his ever since he was in the Olympics and uh, made it to be champ. Thank you. I would like to ask you, Mohammed, if there was ever uh, any trying on your part or Teofilo Stevenson's part to get a fight going between the two of you. I don't know. Uh, he won't turn professional. He's a Cuban fighter, and uh, he sticks close to Castro's laws, the communist law, and uh, I'm not looking forward to it neither. I'm considered a senior citizen now in boxing. 
I don't think you have anything to worry about. Well, I'm not looking to prove nothing no more. <laughs> and I'm not looking for no more hard, tough, tough, tough fights unless they really pay me and make it worthwhile a will because it's important that I retire with the image that I have, undefeated and champion. Okay. So I'm not looking to fight and prove nothing with all these young boys. Okay, Mike? If I was yeah. 22 years old, uh, I'd just knock them all out. But they catch him at my old age now. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Okay, can I say one more thing? Yeah, sure. Uh, if you were to fight Stevenson, I don't think he's used to the kind of quality of like uh, Muhammad Ali. I think uh, he'd probably get hit about 20 times with those lefts and rights before well, he realized you're that talking about he's up the against a great fighter. You're talking about the 22-year-old Ali. See, I don't uh, know if I can do that now. The 35-year-old is just as Think I can do it now? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Mike. Of all time. Thank you, Mike. Of all, all right. Times. Yeah, we Bye. Got, and we got a fellow named Bob who's got a question too. Hello, Bob. Muhammad. Yeah. Let me preface what I'm going to say by saying that I'm only 34, but I've uh, I've watched some of the films of the older fighters and all that, and I've watched most of your championship fights. And by far, in my own opinion, which is not that much, but I think that you are probably the greatest I've ever seen. And Thank you. I've been the, trying to tell you, man. You just now see it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the third the third Joe Frazier fight that I saw had to be the greatest heavyweight championship fight that ever was or ever will be because I think probably after you, there's nobody even in his class. And, uh, and There'll I, I always really, be somebody. I really wanted to say something, but you answered it to a couple other people. Uh, I noticed with, with Shavers now, you know, two years ago, Shavers never would have hit you with what he hit you with. And, God, God love you, man, and Thank don't you. let him do it to you. Thank you, man. Okay. Bye-bye, Bob. Bye-bye. Muhammad Ali, you mentioned your lectures. In fact, you, you uh, gave us some interesting, uh, you might call them phil philosophical ideas a little while. Are these the lectures that you put together during that, that three-year hiatus when you I were did. going I around to colleges? I still do. I have a lecture I just completed. I'm giving to, uh, I think, uh, some section of the University of Chicago the 10th of next month. All right. Entitled the... Uh, uh, real cause of men's distress. I, read a lot, I like I like the knowledge and studying scriptures of all kinds and things. Have you started to read books yet? No, I don't read it all hard. I can read a, I read two pages and I go to sleep. I just never could read much. I said, what if I don't read that good? Then you must I be a heck of a slow. listener. Yeah, listener, listener, talker. He does listen and he does talk. And his name is Muhammad Ali, and he's the heavyweight champion of the world. And one week from tonight, he's going to do this exhibition with Scott Ledoux, and it's all going to be for the Children's all, Institute. All these pretty children behind me, i got the mother and father here. I want you to introduce them. I would, can we do that? Can we just, can we, we, fever yeah, we've got a minute before we have to take a break for a stock market report. In fact, when Ali came in, he met, I asked him who his entourage was. And uh, now mom and dad, Judge Lefebvre, welcome. I, have you ever been up to our WGN studios before? Yes, uh, once or twice I've done a couple of TV Right. But not the radio. Yeah. Right. What judge you now? I'm, I'm so, so sorry. What do you do now? You He is the fellow, when you get caught Speed. going down Wabash Avenue, and you make a left turn when you're not supposed to make Hello, a left buddy. turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, let's give credit, me. though, to you're this. Right. Hey, judge, let's give credit to this lovely lady. I just found out while the last group of commercials were on how many people she fed yesterday. And I thought we had a busy house. How many... How many? said 30 people yesterday for Thanksgiving people. at our Three home. Three turkeys, he told me. Hey, come on, Mrs. LaFever, you just lean over here for just a minute. You had 30 people for Thanksgiving dinner? Yes, that's right. How big a bird? Three. Three oh. <laughs> full 30-pound birds. Oh, and when did you finish the dishes? 
this morning. <laughs> You're uh, right. Fifteen minutes before <laughs> I arrived. Yeah. Hey, by the way, do you do you have turkey? Can you eat turkey? Uh, did yeah, you have, eat turkey. Do you have turkey for Thanksgiving? I'm a turkey myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, friends, we'll be back to the turkey of the morning here on the Roy Leonard Show. No, listen, we're going to take some more calls. We got about another twenty-five minutes to go in the show, and uh, please be patient. The phone lines have been awful busy, and I know a lot of you have been waiting a long time. Muhammad Ali is sharing a great deal of himself with us this morning on the Roy Leonard Show, and we're going to take a break and then come right back. John, you're on the Roy Leonard Show, and Muhammad Ali is listening to your question. Hi, Champ. How are you doing? Oh, fine, John. I'd like to I'd like to find out a little bit more about the uh, uh, two tickets that are being the pledge. I'd like to find the, the uh, pledge number to I believe it was the King. Oh yeah, listen, we'll talk. Yeah, I'll mention that again. Why? Have you got five or ten grand? Do you want to pledge? Uh, no, but I'd like to pledge about uh, six hundred. Are you kidding? No. That is fantastic. Okay, Bud, right. come in one minute. Come in, Bud, quick. In fact, let's Talk bring the fellow me. over. Uh, let's. Bud Heineman, uh, incidentally, came in with the champ this morning, and uh, Bud is the fellow who owns the King Speed Shop down in Lansing. And, Bud, this is a guy who's uh, starting things off with $600, and he just wanted to know the number to call. So if you can you tell him the number to call? Yes, call 312 area code, of course, 474-6565. This time the champ needs some help. Uh, we're doing our best to help him. So, all you people, take follow in this spirit and help the champ to help the kids this time. And I really appreciate your offer. In fact, we, you know what I also might mention, Bud and John, for those who weren't around in the first hour, what we're talking about is this. Now, this is in addition to the tickets that you're going to buy for the uh, exhibition boxing match next Friday. But what uh, Bud and the people at uh, the King Speed Shop have offered to do is to come and pick you up at your house take you down uh, to the auditorium theater and and the champ said he'll talk with you before and after the exhibition bout they'll give you two seats right down front uh and then you'll have dinner with me to my house really go with me to my house all right go to the house you're going to have dinner you'll get to meet muhammad ali this is for the person who has the highest bid the highest donation to the children's institute and john's uh, got a six hundred dollar start and I'd, I'd like to also find out if these bids are going to be posted so you can call up and find out from time to time what the highest bid is. Can they do that, Bud? Can they call yes, that number? Yes, we, we will announce it. Is when they ask whatever the last bid was, that will be the highest bid. Everyone will know it will not be okay, in the that'll blind. Be, that'll be at, the, at, where's it, at this phone number. Yeah, at 474-6565. Okay. All, All right. right, can I recap it? You will be driven in Muhammad Ali's actual gold-plated movie car you, you, to champ, the fight. Oh, excuse me, you're not going to let the champ drive, though, are you? No, I won't be driving, but no. you drive. The man talking, you drive. Bud's going to drive? If you get a deal in my car, you are in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't dead a champ. <laughs> okay, uh, so they'll you'll pick them up. Pick them up, drive them to the auditorium theater in the movie car. Right. There they will have ringside seats for the fight. They'll, they'll be able to see all of the action. And as you heard the champ in his standard way, he's boundless offers. You will be able to meet the champ, have dinner with the champ, He's even invited you to the house. All right. Okay, John? Well, between you and me, I hope nobody else bids. <laughs> well, $600 is a nice start. No, Thank for the sir. sake of the kids, I hope everybody in the city of Chicago bids, and it's a tax write-off for you people right, that own here's, business. Here's 600 now let's hear 1000 Thanks, John. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye right. Hey, you know, by the way, may I say, you've been beating up on this little kid while I've been talking on the telephone with Bud and John. What are you trying to do to this young man? He's a, a few punches in boxing. He's a little kid, and I thought I heard all this noise going on behind me. He's little. That's why I'm picking on him. Which which of the Lefevre children? What's your name? Martin. Martin, and you're how old? Martin. Eleven. Martin Lefevre. And he's only what school you go to? Saint Edmunds. Saint what? Edmunds. Saint Edmunds. Martin Lefevre. Now, who are you? you all the Saint Edmunds out there? Treat him right when he comes to school tomorrow because he's putting you on the map. Now what have you been doing? You've been hitting this like I'm his fore- him forearm. I'm, I'm oh, I see. Him right from letting him block these rights. Right. And getting him in the habit of blocking, and then yeah, then you hit him with the left. <laughs> 
You know, while the commercials are on, a uh, little 11-year-old, I should say big 11-year-old Martin Lefevre has been getting a lesson in boxing. Now, you, you've you been teaching him some fundamentals for about two and a half minutes, but who taught you the fundamentals? I mean, were you like 11 or 12 a years old? A police officer named Louis, Joe Martin in Louisville, Kentucky. Now, was he doing the same for you? The as same the, thing I'm showing, how to hold his guard. Yeah. How to start with his left jab, straight yeah. straight point is a quick way to straight lines a quick way to point. Sure, it's right back. Show him how to block him because he might get in a fight over somebody's girlfriend in school. Uh, well, let me put that earphone up to your ear, chap, because we have people who've been waiting a long time. And John, let's take as many calls as we can. Did you have a question? Yes, sir. You're on the air with us. Hi, Bob Ali. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I didn't want to see you fight one day. I was uh, watching something else on television, so my dad kept turning back to it. He gave me a spanking about it. Ever since then, I didn't like you. But yeah, now, well, you'll get another spanking if you turn challenge. <laughs> but now it's a different story, Mom. I'm the United States heavyweight karate champion. You what? Yes, sir. You're the heavyweight karate down. champion? Yes, sir. Would you like to go one round with me? I would like to do it for the, the kids. Yeah? Yes, sir. That's what I asked you. And would you have the nerve to really get in the same ring with me? Thank you. Gee whiz, now do you think well, you could... I couldn't beat you if you talked too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I only use my hands, Muhammad. I know you've been talking to other karate people before. They've been talking to you and their feet. I don't think that'd be the right thing to do with you. Just use hand techniques with some gloves, some big powder gloves, because I don't mess with your pretty face, because it's the same face I got. Oh, you're pretty too. Yes, sir. I, I think he's been listening to you. That's what I think. He Ever talks, since I was he, a kid. He'll, he's all right. He wrote <laughs> up with me. He's a real fan. <laughs> John, hope, to, hope to meet you sometime. John, how old are you? Yeah, good. Okay. John, thank you. Mohammed? Um, come holler at me sometime. I'm at 49th and Woodlawn in High Park. 49th and Woodlawn in High Park? Yeah, everybody know where I live, around the corner. I'm going to come to your house one day. I'm going to come see you fight. Uh, what's going to do? I had a dream that you're not going to I'll see you. I'll see you there then. I'm going to knock him out. Okay, John. Bye -bye. Thank you, All right, thank you. Thank you. We got a little lady who wants to talk to you, champ. Her name is Kathy. Kathy? Kathy? Hi, Mohammed. Hello. I'm a great fan of yours, and you I was saw... wondering, what is the toughest fight you ever fought? Toughest fight I ever fought? Yeah. Was my first wife in court. <laughs> well, I mean... You mean in boxing? <laughs> the third fight with Joe Frazier, the gorilla in Manila. Um, I have I have an older brother, Richie. Richie? And he's a, he's a really great fan of yours, wow. and I was wondering, would it be too much trouble for him to say a little something to you? No, where is he? He's right here, here. Put him on. Hello, Mohammed. Hello, my man. What's happening? Um, not much. Uh, I've seen all of your great fights, and know you're the greatest fighter the ring has ever seen, and probably Thank ever will see. Uh, and I'm just concerned about uh, when you leave the ring, and I just want to see you leave the ring in style. I With thought... the title. You're right. We understand. Mm -hmm. Everybody tells me about this every day. It's on my mind constantly. We will retire with the championship. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, uh, I felt that you showed a tremendous amount of courage in the 15th round with Shavers. Thank you. And I was just hoping that uh, you could, when you do eventually leave the ring, you could leave it uh, with the same kind of style and show all the pessimistic people that keep on trying to uh, say that you're too old, you're over the hill, and just show them that uh, you left the ring with the same... Uh, style that uh, you reigned. In other here. words, leave the ring with the image of being the greatest of all times. All right, I'll be right there watching you. Thank you. It. Thanks for the call. And Sherry, did you have a question for the champ? Yes, I did. All right. Hello, Mohammed. 
Yeah, I'm busy beating up this boy. Here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's yeah. right. He's just throwing a few punches in between phone calls. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Sherry. Yeah, I'd like to know, uh, what does your wife think about you fighting? My wife don't wear it all. She wants me to hurry up and quit, and she comes to the fight. She's got a lot of confidence. She don't have no fear. She, is, or she don't realize how rough it is, I don't think, but she's no problem. She don't have nothing to do with whether I'll stop or keep going, and she's just as sweet as she can be. And she just do whatever I'll do, or we'll, we'll, she's with whatever I'm with. So uh, uh, she feels just like I do about it. I'm going to get out after probably one more, and then that's going to be it. Okay, Sherry? And I also want to know, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Did you remember? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. All right. Okay, sure. and I also want to know, or I wanted to tell you that you are the greatest. Thank you so much, darling. And, and you, that are you the, will be the greatest. And you are the prettiest. And thank you. And I'd like to know if you can say hello to my brother, Mark. Okay, Mark, hurry up. we got to get another call. Hurry up. Okay. Is thank he... you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We said hello to Mark. Now let's say hello to Chuck, champ. Chuck? Yeah. Yeah, you're on the air with us. Oh, hi, Ma- hi, Muhammad Ali. Hello, Chuck. How you feeling? I feel like I'm gonna whoop a duck, Chuck. <laughs> um, what did you feel like when you fought Ernie Sabers? Do you think I he was in a I felt really good. I felt good. I was in good condition. He was rougher than I thought he was. He hit me so hard in the 14th round. He hit me so hard it jarred my kin folks in Africa. Yeah, I watched. I watched the whole round with my dad downstairs. And I knew that you were going to win, because... Thank you. You were going to try to watch every one of your Thank boxing you. I matches. Hope I, I hope I meet you sometime. You yeah, me I too. I see you, you tell me. You a little boy? Yes. You talk like, talk like a little girl. No, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. Oh, I was here now. Yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Thank bye. you, Chuck. Okay, bye. Muhammad Ali has been sharing about two hours with us this morning on the Roy Leonard Show. And uh, you said something once. I think it was in your book. Uh, Ali, I'm the greatest. You mentioned that John Lennon once said to you that the bigger you get, the more unreality you have to face. I mean, you become more real, but the people around you become more unreal. Have you noticed a change in in the way people... Take the phone calls that we've had this morning. Are there changes in the way people react to you? Things that they say that are different? The general feeling of people... Years ago, during the time of the draft, uh, every other call would be a rough call, a hard question, people condemning you and getting on you. Time brings about change. People forget. People can't stay angry for so long. A plane crash today kills 500 people, and four or five days is old news. President Kennedy is dead. It's not on our minds. Martin Luther King is dead. It's not on our minds. People just forget. Um, uh, the Vietnam War, you used to hear every minute, Vietnam this, Vietnam that. You don't hear a thing about Vietnam no more. Watergate this, Watergate that. You don't hear a thing no more. So people can't stay mad for so long. News is old. News don't last so long. I don't care how bad something is. Wait three or four days and it's old news. So the questions that they asked in those days when controversy about the religion, about the change of name, about the Muslims, or about the draft, you don't hear one thing about that no more because time brings about change. So you notice that as time goes on, things change and people change. And yet there is something about you uh, that, in essence, has changed very little. Let's see, it was, what, 17 years ago in Rome that a young fellow... I was fellow, still great, yeah. Uh, that I <laughs> <laughs> see, he hasn't changed a bit. A uh, young fellow uh, won uh, an Olympic gold medal and... Uh, now he's, uh, let's see, what is it going to be, about 16 or 17 million this year, before taxes? And maybe one more big fight? 
maybe one, one, one more. Big well, probably um, the next big one might be the last one. That's what Olympic Sphinx, uh, Leon Sphinx. Yeah. 24-year-old, um, a matured man. I won this championship at 22. <coughs> I beat Liston. I was defended four or five times at 24. So this Leon Spinks is uh, matured. He's not too young. You can't say he's at the right age. He's young, and yet still he's um, <coughs> not that experienced, but he's a good fighter. And my age, at 36 years old, fighting a top-notch heavyweight like him will actually show the people how great I really am. I want to say one thing. I'm not conceited. It's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. <laughs> Friends, one week from tonight, uh, you can show all of that love and affection that you've expressed on the telephones if you want to by showing up at the auditorium when Muhammad Ali has this exhibition with Scott Ledoux. It's all for the Children's Please Institute. Please come because I found out this man is a racist. <laughs> oh. I like black people and I'm going to get him. <laughs> okay, and the number to call for tickets is 346-2727. <laughs>